Aubrey's in the room with me, so I can't say any bad words. Okay. Well, I, no, you can. She can't hear you. Okay. I can't say any. Balls, a supernatural podcast with Lizzie and Missy. Oh, I just would like to tell you first off that I have my um, get-go slushy. <gasps> what flavor? Peach mango. It's the same one as the other day. It's so strong, though, that it's, I'm not even, I wouldn't even say a quarter of the way through it. I take, like, I'll stop by the refrigerator and I'll take a teeny tiny sip, and then I'm good. But, uh, but I brought it up here with me. Maybe it'll make it more interesting. Oh, it's like instant heartburn. Straight alcohol to the order, the arteries. It's actually a little watered down now that all the slush melted, and it's just, like, syrup. Eh, yeah, there's nothing bad with that. Syrup and whatever they put in it. Malt liquor. Vlad. Just straight shots of Vlad. Nope. Well, I walked up to the store and there was a sign on the front of it and it said that you had to go to the beer register to get it. And I was like, do I really have to order it? And then someone goes and gets it and then brings it back to me. No, it's all behind there. Like the little slushy machines are behind the register and that's the person that makes the drinks and gives it to you. Oh. Yeah. Okay. There were four different flavors. I was like, oh, what's, what's going on here? It's, I mean, it's not bad. It's strong. If you like that kind of thing. Like a more of a beer person than I am, like a mixed drink or a wine cooler, I guess. I don't know. Uh, I'm a good flavor kind of person. If it's got good flavor, that's one of the reasons I like Prohibition style cocktails. Because even though a lot of it is just straight alcohol, there's a lot of botanicals in there and bitters and fresh fruit. Do you like gin? Uh, it took me a while. My first introduction to gin, I did a double shot and wasn't told what it would taste like. And I was like, oh, I just drank Christmas. No one said, hey, Liz, here's a tree. Yeah, this is going to taste like a liquid pine tree. And I was like, oh, okay, that sounds interesting. I like myself a good pine. Um, I, I just like pine needles to the throat. Uh, yeah, so it took me a really long time to warm back up to gin, but now I like gin. I like a good gin and tonic. I've had different, like, um, like a more floral gin as opposed to a pine tree gin. I forget where I had it. Was a, it was a, I went actually went to a, a gin tasting at a restaurant. Oh. And they kind of made like a summery cocktail that had like lemon in it. And uh, I forget. I don't know if it was Wiggle Whiskey that did it. Oh, they're good stuff. But that one was good. When it got to like the regular gins and it was like all pine tree like, I was like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I can finish that one. No dice. Yeah. Well, now that we got the alcohol out of the way, yeah, I'm still slowly sipping on it. I mean, you gotta finish it. I mean, as much as I'm like, when I drink it, I'm still drinking it. <laughs> no excuses. Play like a champion. I'm just gonna take you to the face. Yeah. We go get the funnel out. <laughs> just do a straight, Does like, alcoholic slushy bong. <laughs> oh my god, someone, <laughs> we were in college, someone did um, a wine bong, which was like the worst thing ever in the whole entire world i feel like that's right behind doing a slushy bong because like you're gonna get brain freeze immediately if you drink a slushy but like wine's gonna fuck you up yeah it was like franzia to the face i don't Ugh. i don't recommend it okay so do we want to talk about what we're talking about yeah let's talk about episode 11 from season two playthings Ooh, it has a d- creepy Creepy vibe there, playthings. Playthings. You don't know if they're what they're talking about when they talk about playthings. Yeah, initially when I read the title, I thought it was a completely different episode. Oh, did you think it was the teddy bear episode? I did! <laughs> and I got so excited because that one is so funny, but then I realized that happens like later. So Way later. I really do like this episode. This one just creeped me out, and it was also really sad. 
it was sad. It was creepy. I feel like it was like twisty turny for me anyway. I remember, obviously this is my only, only my second time watching it and I know it happened, but I remember watching it for the first time and I was like, holy crap, no way that did not happen. Like that girl wasn't there. She's not real. I thought they were twin little girls. The first time I saw them, I immediately was like, ooh, shining vibes. And then later on this episode, I was like, this is like the main episode. They've, they've, you know, kissed up to Stephen King so far that this was like the ode to Stephen King. <laughs> yeah. In this episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you want to do our episode ranks? Yes. Well, first, let's announce that this episode came out January 18th, 2007. Trying to get ahead of myself again. Calm yourself. We gotta enjoy the little thing. <laughs> I can't help it. So <laughs> too excited. <laughs> I just can't hide it. I don't need to know the date. I need to know the ranks. Exactly. This is more important. <laughs> wow. Okay. I didn't date. put any kind of importance over you or me, but jeez. <laughs> Please rank away. With the rest of the episode, this is my time to shine. Okay, fine. I'm just kidding. Just kidding. Just do it. The shine. Shining. No? Okay. Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. Mm. I'm, I'm only a quarter way through my drink, people. Oh, here it we go. <laughs> okay, so Decider.com, our friend Jessica, uh, ranked this episode 196. It's kind of kind of toward the end. Yeah, she wasn't a fan of this one. Yeah, it's kind of the back half of her, her list. But she said, there's a twist here you can see coming from a mile away. Uh, I don't agree with that. I was going to say, I feel like that just contradicts everything you just said. No, I did I did not see it coming, Jessica. Glad you did. Uh, she said, but I do like surly drunk Sam in the show's take on the haunted hotel full of dolls and creepy children. But I did not appreciate the creepy dolls either. I did not appreciate those either. No. Especially the one that looked like the little girl and it was like creepily staring down at everyone. I didn't like the ones that were, like, half naked or fully naked just randomly yeah. in places. Why does that happen all the time? I don't know. I literally made a note that when they scanned the dolls, I was like, why are some naked? Like, we couldn't, we didn't have time to dress those dolls? What happened to their clothes? Did they go to other dolls? Like, there's no, I never, I don't know. It's been a long time since I played with dolls slash bought a doll. But, like, I'm pretty sure they come fully clothed. Did those dolls go to Gitgo and have some slushies and then just have a party? They must have. I mean, can you hear me sipping on it? Yes. <laughs> sipping on some slush slush. Oh, yeah. It's 20 ounces, by the way. That's the smallest one. <laughs> Ooh, uh, they want you to get fucked up. I know. I saw someone had, you can buy like it in like one of those, kind of like a, a box of wine bag. What? It was like... 64 ounces or something. I don't know. It was a ridiculous amount of slushy. Oh my god. Okay, let's get back. So then uh, Gladstone over at Thrillist.com ranked at number nine. Oh, he lucky. Yeah, this was like his top of the list. Wow. Her bottom of the list. Wow, they're really split. Did he say why? Uh, yes, he did. <laughs> he said... In season 9, Metatron says writers should steal the best, and that's exactly what happened in this episode that borrows from The Shining, The Sixth Sense, and a handful of classic ghost stories to create the best supernatural one-off Monster of the Week episode. A haunted hotel, some creepy girls, evil spirits, surprises, and pathos? Pa mm. Pathos? Is that a, what does that mean? Pathos. 
Um, that comes in the form of, obviously, Samwise, Sabule. Okay. Um, basically, it's a it evokes pity or sadness. Okay, I get it now. And then it wants you um, to feel. So this this episode makes you feel on many it does, levels. It does saying. make me feel on many levels. All the feels. So many feels. So many feels. Okay, and my supernatural urban dictionary of the week is. Do you have a guess? Do you think you guess who it could be? Uh, well, we've done Dean. We've done Sam, right? We have. Yes, we have. Uh, so is it Cass, or is it Bobby? No, it's it's not Cass because I was gonna wait till we, he actually showed up. I figured that's what was gonna happen, but then you said who, and I was like, ooh, I don't know. Yeah. So you were right the second time. It's definitely Bobby. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> As it so, came out of my mouth, I was like, that's wrong, Bobby. <laughs> You're like, nope. Okay, Bobby Singer is a sassy mofo from the TV show Supernatural. He is known for saying idgits and balls. <laughs> he doesn't say it like that sometimes, but... He, he kind of just muddled, mutters it sometimes. Muddles it. <laughs> muddles it. Uh, he mutters it like we're just like, balls. Balls. Kind of like, son of a bitch. Yeah, it's Dean's son of a bitch. Yeah. Okay. Now, do we want an outline? Yes, please. Give us an outline so we can launch into the episode. Okay, we'll just fly right into it. Uh, <laughs> Soar, if you will. Oh. <laughs> Jump, as it were. Oh. <laughs> uh, I got nothing else. I was trying to think. I was going to say swan dive, but no one actually does that because apparently nobody's jumped into a pool before. Yeah, but that, that whole scene... <laughs> I was like, Sam, there are so many other ways you could have jumped in there, but feet first, like flailing. I'm pretty sure you've swam in your life. I kind of thought, though, feet first because of the pool cover, because that plastic was over the pool. Yeah, I had questions about that pool cover later on, though. I mean, we'll, we'll talk about that when we get to that part. Yeah. Okay, so the outline. Sam and Dean investigate two strange deaths at a small Connecticut inn run by a single mom whose young daughter plays with an imaginary friend. I just wanted to say um, that this hotel, what is it, the Pre-Pont, something like that? Pierpont. Pierpont Inn. It looks creepy. Um, but it also, does, but it also looks super pretty. Yeah, it also, somewhere I would probably stay. Yeah, me too, except for like the, when you get into the rooms, I thought the rooms were a little overdone oh, with like the wedding dress. Dress on the wall, yeah. That was a I little much. scene there. But, uh, I mean, other than that, it looked really nice. The outside was gorgeous. Beautiful. I didn't even notice the tiny, super rusted play set until way later. Oh, I didn't notice it till the end, either. Yeah. When everything started going around. Mm-hmm. So in the opening scene, we are introduced to the Pierpont Inn, which has a very, like, prancing pony sign outside of it. <laughs> but then the inside is actually really nice. Yeah, it's beautiful. Uh, and we meet a woman and a man. We find out that apparently the uh, inn is being sold. And they get one moving guy. That poor moving guy. He's obviously not doing a good job. There's a lot of stuff still left. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's only one of them, and he didn't look like he would be a fast mover. That's true. So then uh, we see two girls who I immediately thought of The Shining. Yeah. Because of their outfits. Oh, yeah, they were uh, matching outfits. Yeah. Creepy AF. Sitting at the top of the stairs. And I thought it was funny that uh, the one girl said, son of a bitch. And the other kid said, son of a bitch. <laughs> and then we find out that uh, 
the one girl's name is Tyler. The other one is Maggie. And the mom kind of plays along when Tyler says, Maggie said it first. And the mom says, okay, we'll tell Maggie to watch her mouth too. Yeah, you think I would have caught it there, that there was something off about that girl. Oh, because the mom didn't really acknowledge her? Yeah. yeah Until after. Her, yeah, she said something to the other girl. And I thought maybe because the other girl might have been a little bit younger. Mm-hmm. But I mean, between like, you know, 10 and 8, are we really sp- splitting hairs on <laughs> Swearing. <laughs> exactly. So Tyler then goes to her room without Maggie and uh, starts playing with this dollhouse that's huge. That dollhouse is ginormous. So big. With like the creepy ass wax doll with a swish yeah. face. Yeah. Who she puts in a chair and then magically it disappears from the chair and ends up at the bottom of the stairs with its head twisted backwards. Oh. Uh, and then it cuts to the moving man with his head unnaturally twisted backwards at the bottom of the stairs. And so, so much blood. So much blood. Like, I was looking at his neck, and it looks like it was twisted twice by the bends in it. Like, I mean, I've never seen a fully snapped snapped neck before in real life, but I'm pretty sure that that's not (laughs) what it looks like. IRL? I've never seen that IRL. But I'm pretty sure that that's a little little extra. (laughs) Just a little bit. And I like how the mom tells the girl not to look. I know, and then it cuts to his face where his mouth is twitching. Yeah, oh. So gross. Super gross. Like, he must have just done that, but I'm pretty sure, like, I don't know. Mm. There's a lot of questions I had on that. Uh, so then we cut back to Peoria, uh, is it Peoria, Illinois? I think so. Where, obviously, there's missing posters of Ava, who does not look like that, I don't think. Like, to me, that picture looked nothing like what Ava actually looks like. Yeah, I, I didn't think it looked like her either, because for a second, I was like, who's that girl? And then I read it, and I was like, oh, really? That's Ava? And no one could find her. She just disappeared. She gone. But Ellen did have a case for the boys to work in Cornwall, Connecticut. I mean, why not? Obviously, Sam wants to just keep working, and Dean's like, that's a little weird, but okay. But that's that's a kind of a thing that they continue to do throughout the series. One of them decides that, like, instead of dealing with the problem, they're just going to keep working the case. Right. Uh, but I liked how Dean just fucking calls Sam out on his shit. <laughs> when he's like, uh, you know, I didn't know you wanted to work a case. I thought you'd be, like, real sad and listen to some sad music and probably cry a little bit. Staring out rainy windows. That's what I put. I said, uh, more angst and staring out windows. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, Dean. He'll cry later. <laughs> Into his pillow. All alone, in the shower. That's what I do. I did like the fact that, though, Sam's like, all right, yeah, but you know, we gotta save people. It's what we do. We can't just sit here with our thumbs up our butts doing nothing. We can save more people. And Dean's just like, wow, that's way too healthy an attitude for me. I'm uncomfortable. Let's go. (laughs) I can't be around this. I'm sorry. You're a little too positive on why you want to keep working at Case, but... (laughs) But then I love how Dean gets so excited when they roll up to the hotel. Yeah. Because he's like, ooh, old school haunted house. And it was the first time, I think, in this entire series that they mentioned Scooby-Doo. Uh, yeah, I think so. I think this is the first time. And then we also are introduced to Dean's weird attraction to Daphne. Yeah. I mean, can you really find a cartoon attractive? I don't... Uh, I watch anime, so I've had a crush on a couple of I... anime guys. Yeah, see, I've, I've never never dove into that world, so... Not, like, any 
Disney prince? Uh, never been like, ooh, Aladdin's pretty attractive. You know what? Now that you think of it, yeah, but like, <laughs> not Aladdin. No. I, like, like Flynn Rider. Yeah, see? Okay. Okay, I, I take it back then. <laughs> I take it back. Um, and we're introduced to a five spot, which is used in hoodoo spell, spell work, according to Supernatural. Mm-hmm. Um, I like when was like, uh, it's a little too white meat around here for hoodoo. <laughs> And then they call out the one picture of the nanny, and I was like, well, that's rude. Yeah. But I, that is where it came from, so. Just because she had the necklace on. Yeah. You know, not like, the other That is where reason. it came from, but okay. Uh, I like the fact that two people are like, oh, antiquers. <laughs> you look the type. Uh, one king it, dead, yeah. and they're like, fuck no, we're brothers. And it's just, even when they said that, she's still like, really? Are you? <laughs> I like the fact that Dean can't let it go. I know. <laughs> It's like, what does she mean by that? <laughs> I like how he's like, uh, what do you mean we look the type? Never mind. <laughs> I like the fact that Sam's just like, well, I mean, you do look kind of butch, so maybe you're overcompensating. <laughs> I like how Sam also doesn't fight her on him. He's just like, yeah, I get that sometimes. <laughs> More often than you think. <laughs> Believe me, my brother uses it. Not happy. So they go up to the room, and I like the fact that Sherwin is like, tip? Tip? Yeah. <laughs> you're not going to cheap out on me, boy, are you? <laughs> I like when he's taking Dean's bag up the steps and he's just whacking it off every step he goes up. <laughs> and he's like, oh, I can carry that for you. And he's like, no, I got it. And he's dragging it across the floor. Um, so then we find out that uh, Mover guy isn't the first victim. No. There was actually a first victim who was the realtor handling the sale of the hotel. And uh, Larry Williams was moving stuff to Goodwill. And that they were both involved somehow in the place closing. So then we start going through what they possibly could be. Um, they think it could be hoodoo. Who do? They do. <laughs> Everybody. I'm sorry, that was a really bad joke. Uh... <laughs> uh, stop me. <laughs> um, so then they find the room full of antique dolls. Creepy, creepy dolls. Uh, and I love the fact that, again, Dean's just like, oh, Sam loves dolls. And at this point, I was just like, Sam is terrified of both vintage dolls and clowns. My man, yeah. I agree. The, the faces he kept making at Dean were hilarious. When he's like, oh, you know, he likes to dress them up, you know, change their outfits. I like when Sam goes in there. He's like, oh, these are so nice. And, Sam, and Dean just goes, wow, that's a lot of dolls. I mean, not super creepy at all. But then we find out they're grandma's dolls. Yes, Grandma so, Rose. Not as creepy, but still pretty creepy still pretty creepy and then sam finds the gigantic dollhouse and the doll with his head still twisted around is sitting in the dollhouse yeah and then we find out that grandma rose is still alive and that grandma rose is quote in her room and that uh she's very sick her room is the attic it's like furthest part of the attic that anybody could be Put away. And it didn't even look like there was anything in there. So you just leave your catatonic mother upstairs in the attic with, like, one window to look out? Poor woman had a stroke. She can't talk. And you just leave her up in the attic all day? Like, what? The window wasn't like, even open. She's not even getting fresh air. Right. Why doesn't Grandma have a nice suite down on the main level where everybody can watch her? I feel bad for this woman. I know. And then on top of it, because they just say that she's sick and she's not taking any visitors, the boys are like, well, think we found our witch doctor. 
because they're her dolls. Dolls are used in hoodoo. Granny won't see anybody. Obviously, right. it's Granny. Automatically blame it on poor Grandma Rose. Which, I mean, I probably would have, too, at the beginning, so. And then we get cut to Susan, the mother, talking to a guy who works for the company buying the hotel. And find out that uh, there are no plans for renovation. I guess she was hoping there would be when selling the place. Right. Uh, they're actually just going to demolish it. Tear it down. Tear the place down. To build, like, what? More apartments? No one needs that. In Cornwall, Connecticut, there was nothing around that place. Exactly. You needed a good B&B. Come on. Um, so then cut to Tyler playing with her doll and tea set. Uh, and there's a doll sitting on a bed in a room that's kind of in a suit like the guy. And then the doll is hanging himself from the ceiling. And then the man is hanging from the ceiling. Yeah, how did, I mean, how did he even get up there? Uh, I don't know, because he used an extension cord, but it wasn't like an extension extension cord. It was like a power strip. It was a power strip, yeah. So, uh, I don't know, 100% know. My guess is the ghost. And it wasn't it like a ceiling fan? Yeah. I don't understand. I also want to know where this girl keeps getting these creepy wax dolls. Yeah, they, I mean... They just kind of like are appearing in the house. Yeah. I don't understand. So then the boys find out that there's been another death in the house. And that they apparently just had a lot of bad luck around here. Yeah. And this part cracked me up. When Sam got drunk? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting and I was... Because I just like... I like the fact that he just looks at Dean and he goes, You're bossy and short. <laughs> <laughs> and then he laughs. Like, I've been holding that in this entire time. But it took Dean a second. He like looked at him and he's like... Are you serious right now? Are you uh, are you drunk? And I like I was like, yeah. So, what are you gonna do about it? I put that sad drunk Sam is no fun. Sad drunk Sam is definitely no it's fun. It's like Sam to like a whole other level, and I just I can't handle. I love the fact that Dean like turned on a switch and was just like, "What are you doing? We're working a case. Be professional." Yeah, like he was the one to be professional. I was like, Dean, how many times have you gone to a roadhouse and gotten shit-faced and took a girl home during a case? Right. At least your brother did it in a safe hotel room with you around. Was there a mini bar in the room? I don't know. I guess. And not no mo, because he drank it all. He did drink it all. And I like the fact that he's like, and then then out of nowhere, he just turns and he's like, I should have saved him. Yeah. I can't save anybody. And he just starts having this whole breakdown. <sighs> yeah. Where he eventually breaks down to Dean and was like, you got to do what dad told you. You got to, you got to, you got to stop me if I go dark side. Yeah. Promise me. And at one point he got super fucking close and I was like, oh, the shippers are going crazy. Because there are some people who ship Dean and Sam. Shit. <laughs> I just learned what that meant today. <laughs> you didn't know. Well, I guess it depends on the fandom when you learn about shipping someone. I, well, I, didn't, well, I didn't say today, but probably like last week. And I was racking my brain on what it meant. And then I was like, why can't we just say relationship? Why Why do we have to make it short? It sounds a little less weird when you're talking about brothers if you say you ship them. But it sounds like you're shipping them off to Abu Dhabi with Nermal. Together. In a box. Together. <laughs> <laughs> with some holes. Together. Together. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. And then I love I love the fact that, that Dean was like, look, I just told you that I didn't want it to go to your head. And you know what? Dad's an ass. 
Yeah. He shouldn't put that on any child. No. Let alone his own. And I love the fact that at the end he's like, well, I'm not dying. Neither of you. So now come on. You need to go to bed. Sam does the brother thing where he's just like, okay, promise. You promise you'll stop me. Come on, Dean. Promise And me. Dean says, okay. And then Sam just goes, thanks. Thank you. And then passes out. I love the fact, though, that favorite quote, and I made a comment, was the fact that Dean said, all right, time for bed. Come on, Sasquatch. I have a random thing about that later. Oh, oh yeah. Um, and then, obviously, this entire part was straight out of The Shining when Dean goes down to the bar. To the bar, yeah. And the help is there. And even the up lighting was the same. It was very shining. And even, like, their conversation was very shining. Like, oh, you know a lot about this place. And he's like, yeah, down to the last nail. I've been here for a while. Yeah. <laughs> and that's when... Next morning, Sam is super hungover. <laughs> That's so funny. But I guess Sam lies, and Dean's kind of trying to play coy by going, you don't remember anything about last night, right? He's like, nah. Totally not. So they decide that they need to go uh, find Grandma Rose, because while he was in the bar, he found out about the Creole nanny. Mm-hmm, nanny Marie. And they should probably go find her. So then they go up to the attic. And find Grandma Rose, who turns out is catatonic because she had a stroke. Yeah. And then she's like, uh, dude, you're going to poke her with a stick. <laughs> yeah, she could be faking. We yeah. going to do poke her with a stick. <laughs> dude, you're not going to poke her with a stick. Uh, and then Susan comes in, thank God, because mm-hmm. what if she came in while he was poking her with a stick? Oh, my God. Where did you get the stick? Was there a stick in the room? <laughs> that was the only thing in the Maybe room. from, like, the hole in the ceiling. Or a wheelchair yeah. in a stick. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's so she could push the one window open. She didn't even have a bed, did she? No, I didn't see one. I feel That's what I mean. There was nothing up there. There was, like, a mirror. Like, a full-length, like, mirror. I feel like the daughter was not taking care of her mom. No! She's like, oh, she had a stroke. I guess I'm just not going to do anything. I got to take care of this hotel. Oh, we're just going to throw Grandma in the attic. It's fine. She could, how did, who, Who's feeding Grandma Rose? Probably the, with the guy Sher, Sherwood. Sherwin. Sherwin, that guy. Yeah, I guess he would. Um, so Susan tells them to get the fuck out. <laughs> GTFO. And so they, they book it and cut to Tyler and Maggie playing jacks and Susan basically saying, okay, we got to go. And then Tyler says something creepy where she's like, Maggie says we're not allowed to leave. Right. And then you find out she's not real. Mm-hmm. She goes, you're too old for imaginary friends. Mind blown, honestly. The first time I was like, what in the actual hell just happened? Um, and then Susan's almost killed by a fucking, by her car. Yeah, her own car. After the jungle gym and everything starts going crazy. She did, she stood there for a long time and watched it, though. Like, yeah. once the two swings started going opposite of each other... You know, a teeter-totter is going up. I'm not waiting for the spinny thing to start going out of control before I get my ass out of there. Yeah, the merry-go-round. The merry-go-round was the very last, like, are you just waiting for someone to show up? Like, what's happening? And then the car nearly runs her over, but she's saved by Sam. You notice, though, that the car started out really slow? Like, she could have... Oh, it revved. could have dodged. Like, she could have bobbed and got out of the way. Uh, another note to Stephen King, very Christine. Yes. So that's when they kind of confront her, and she's like, what the hell's happening? And Dean just is like, you want the truth, or do you want to lie? And she's like, of course I want the truth. She handles the truth pretty well. Yeah, she was pretty good about it. I mean, I guess after being almost run over and seeing, like, every jungle gym piece move on its own, you're like, all right, yeah, no, you, you're right. Did you notice, though, it's that, like, ghost. 
most of the stories that revolve around like single moms, they take the news pretty good. Yeah. The other thing that I was questioning is like when they were talking to her and they were trying to figure out what was causing it. Mm -hmm. When Sam asks about the daughters, like they never saw another daughter. So why does, I mean, they found grandma Rose. Why did they think that there were two daughters? Just because Tyler mentioned to Maggie like once. Yeah, that was weird. Because then Dean was like, I thought Tyler had a sister named Maggie. And that's when they were like, no, Maggie's imaginary. Yeah. I'm surprised the boys didn't catch on to that faster. And also with other spirits, they've been able to sense cold sensations. So what made Maggie different? She wasn't really around them though, right? I guess not, but she had to have been to know if Maggie existed from Tyler. Oh, you're talking about the mom. The mom would have felt that. Yeah. Oh yeah, you're right. And then all of a sudden, all the dolls are broken, which seemed to get fixed at the end of this episode. Oh, did they? I didn't even notice. Because uh, they go up to Tyler's room, and all the dolls are broken and thrown around. And that's when they were like, Tyler's not here. And that's when they found out that Maggie kind of showed up after her mom got sick. Right. Yeah, right after Rose had her stroke. And then we also find out that Rose had a sister named Maggie. Which, it, it took the girl, the mom, a long time to piece those two together. Because I guess you see she said that the Rose never talked about her sister, but like, Maggie, no, I don't know any Maggie. Oh, wait. Or maybe she just didn't go by Maggie, or we didn't know she went by Maggie, because she kept calling her Margaret. Yeah, but I thought Margaret was like a common, or Maggie was a common nickname for Margaret. Maybe just because I know yeah, Margaret's Maggie, so I made that connection, but. Um, but it turns out Margaret Maggie, <laughs> Maggie, Maggie Margaret, uh, drowned in the pool on the grounds <laughs> Can we call her Margaret? Margaret. Margaret drowned. So then they run to the pool where it turns out the girls are standing on the ledge and there's a weird plastic. The plastic threw me off. I mean, I don't have a pool, so I don't know how this stuff works, but. I don't think often you find a clear pool cover. Well, my question was, so obviously the whole thing we find out when Tyler's like, can we have a tea party? And Maggie goes, we can have all the tea parties forever. You obviously <laughs> know that like, okay, Maggie's going to try and kill Tyler to keep her there so they can play forever on the grounds. That part I picked up on. So when Maggie throws Tyler, who's scared off, because we find out that Tyler can't swim, yeah, throws her into the pool, Tyler like goes through the pool cover, gets kind of wrapped up in it, but then she's kind of free of it. Yeah, she gets out of it. And when Sam and Dean are finally kind of able to break through on opposite sides to get into the pool, well, it's Sam that gets in. Uh, Sam jumps awkwardly feet first into the pool cover that looks almost completely untouched. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it did. He then has trouble getting through there, but the, he had, like, more trouble getting through than what it looked like Tyler did. Did he fall in a different part, maybe? I mean, I guess, but I don't know. There wouldn't be as, like, a pull on it by that point. Right. Because Tyler would have already broken that. And that's when we find out that Tyler's, like, able to kind of get to the surface, but Maggie ends up pushing her down, trying to drown her, saying, it'll all be over soon. It won't hurt at all. She had her head under there for a while. She ended up, I thought she was dead. Yeah, because she was holding her head under before he even broke the window to get mm -hmm. into the, he broke the door, which he fit perfectly through, by the way. Oh, yeah. It was it was a Sam-sized door. <laughs> if I had to judge my door size, I'd say that's a Sam-size. Would you want a Sam-size or a Dean-sized door? <laughs> I'll just go for the taller door. Can I tell you that the whole entire scene, though, is like panic attack worthy oh my gosh i can only imagine like in the pool where she can't fit, like find her way up like which way is up and nobody can get in yeah. and then she's holding her head under that's like 
That's like triggers right there. Ugh. Um, but then we kind of hear somebody whisper, Margaret. Yeah. And Maggie like turns her head and disappears. Um, and Tyler ends up coughing up all the water in her lungs, so she's not dead. Can we talk about that part for a second. No Nobody one did anything. They just held her. <laughs> they just stared at her. He didn't even get her like fully out of the pool. Just like stared at her, and no one like touched her to give her CPR or mouth to mouth or even rolled her over to get the water out. Sam, you were just talking about not being able to save somebody. You're holding a girl you could save, and you're not doing anything. That is the definition of not being able to save someone. Exactly. We're just staring at her, not doing And all of a sudden, she's like, <laughs> and then fine. Like, wait, what? I don't know about all that. I don't know. But then uh, Margaret goes up to Rose, and they kind of have, like, a weird brain connection, which we saw coming. Yeah. Because, obviously, Rose isn't an, an idiot. Right. Where, basically, Rose, I guess, is offering to die to be with her forever if she leaves Tyler alone. And then Rose has uh, what the paramedics call another stroke, which at this point, I love Susan. She's like all gung-ho about believing everything. She's like, yo, was this Maggie? And Dean's like, I'm not saying it was. I'm not saying it wasn't. Why did I write? I wrote, Dean thinks this is anticlimactic. Was Dean underwhelmed by the ending of this episode? I think he was. That would make sense then when I wrote why I wrote that. Well, I think he was also kind of upset because uh, he made that MILF comment to Sam. Yeah. <laughs> after the mom hugged him. But I'm pretty sure it's just because, I don't know, he saved her daughter. Yeah. Dean's gotten he plenty of... He was the one that held her. He's gotten plenty of smoochies for saving people's kids. Because he kind of made fun of it. He's like, you know, you saved the mom, you saved the girl. Not a bad day. You know, I could have I could have done it, but uh, I thought I'd let you have it. <laughs> I'll give you one, Sammy. Make you feel better about yourself. Yeah. And then that's when we find out that... <gasps> Sam didn't forget what was talked about. No, he remembered. And Dean kind of tried to play it off. And uh, I love the fact that Sam was like, yeah, I was wasted, but you weren't. And you promised. Boom. (laughs) You promised. I might have been drunk saying my feelings, but you were honest. (laughs) And then it kind of pans up to the two girls, like, jumping rope in the the bedroom. Yeah, which is just weird. I have have three things I want to touch on real quick. Yes. Everyone just leaves while the police are still there. Like, the police in the corner. Like, everybody just goes away. The mom and the kid, Sam and Dean, just leave. Were they questioned? Well, I don't think, I think the only thing was that, and they're saying it was a stroke, so there's no sign of foul play. Yeah. Okay. I take that question back then. Did we discuss how Rose was keeping Maggie away? That Rose was the one doing the hoodoo? Well, that makes sense, especially since it tied back to Marie. But they never said why. Like, why was she keeping her sister away all these years? Because at the end, Maggie's like, I thought you didn't like me. Like, you've been keeping me away. Well, probably because Rose knew that Maggie wanted her to be with her, so she didn't want to die. So then she put the protection up, and then because she knew that. Or maybe Maggie tried to get to Susan. Oh, when she was little. First. Do you think maybe, now that I'm thinking about it, that Maggie tried to go back for Rose, but... Nanny Marie was the one who started the hoodoo to keep Rose safe. And then taught it to Rose to keep the rest of them safe? Yeah. Maybe. Okay. And then uh, they're jump roping in this house. They're all happy and everything. But what's going to happen when the house gets torn down? Uh, Is the house going to get torn down or do they just leave it? And do spirits go away when a building is taken down? Right. Like, are they going to go into the new building or are the people who bought the house going to be like, no, there's too much, too much bad juju going on over there? I don't know. Because the papers never got to the company. Yeah. True, true. All these questions. 
so many questions. So you got some random shit? I do! Or some of it's Stephen King-based. Uh, only a little bit. Okay. I think I just put, I did. Uh, it says, more Shining references. <laughs> yes, all the Shining references. Okay. Well, let's, let me get a sip. A sip of my bevy. I think I spilled some of myself. Oh no. Okay, so Cornwall, Connecticut, where this, mm -hmm. where the inn was, uh, is also the location of Dudley Town, which is an abandoned settlement that is considered one of the most haunted locations in the United States. Uh, the land is currently owned by the Dark Entry Forest Association, and it is strictly off limits to outsiders. What? Yeah. That exists? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I looked online, and you know that um, Jeff Belanger, who does uh, stuff for Ghost Adventures? Yeah. It was like a website that he had that I looked at, and uh, he's been there. Um, but you can like, you can't trespass. You can get arrested and everything if you try to go to this place. But apparently, it's it's pretty pretty haunted. Okay. But if you want to look up more about it, it is Dudley Town. Interesting. I'm going to Google that later. Uh, so then, of course, more shining references. Uh, room 237, there's the twins, there was the bar, I'm sure there was some carpet somewhere, I don't know. <laughs> uh, there's a Scooby-Doo reference that we talked about. Uh, if you don't know what Scooby-Doo is, Aubrey can tell you about it. <laughs> uh, Scooby-Doo is a... Yeah. <laughs> she loves Scooby-Doo. Me too! You, know you can't find? You can't find the original season of Scooby-Doo anywhere to stream. That's upsetting. I know. It's always like, what's new Scooby-Doo? Or Sco Mystery That's Incorporated? True. Or She's looking at me like she's mad about it. I'm mad about it. <laughs> I am too. I love Scooby-Doo. Uh, okay, Scooby-Doo is a long-running cartoon series about four friends and a dog named Scooby-Doo who hunt down ghosts in the supernatural. Uh, and then Dean says that uh, Daphne was the sexy redhead. Dean needs to calm down. Yeah. Dean's credit card name. The the surname is I don't even I forget how she pronounced it. Did I write it down? She pronounced it like Mahogov. Yeah. So his the the surname on his credit card is M A H O G O F F. So his name his name is Jack Mahogov. She churched it up. So wordplay related to masturbation used in pranks sounded out real slow. Uh, this is the same alias that Dean's cell phone account is under uh, in. Season 2, episode 14, Bored Under a Bad Sign. So it's like Jack Mahoff. Dean says, Boom and Granny. Uh, and that's the title of a Beastie Boys song that was on the Beastie Boys anthology, The Sounds of Silence album. Uh, Dean says that the cure to a hangover is a greasy pork sandwich served up in a dirty ashtray. And that is a famous line from the 1980 movie Weird Science. Mm -hmm. uh, the cinematography used in the scenes involving the grandmother and the upper story of the hotel is highly reminiscent of Alfred Hitchcock's Psycho. I didn't even catch that. Huh. I didn't catch it either. I gave props to uh, Supernatural Wiki for that one. Yeah, seriously. Maggie says they can have tea parties forever and ever. And that is reminiscent of the twins in The Shining when they say, Come and play with us, Danny, forever and ever and ever. No, thank you. <laughs> Red rum. Yeah, I'm, I'm good with not doing that. Uh, Jonathan Bruce, who plays Larry Williams, also plays convention host in Season 5, Episode 9, The Real Ghostbusters. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, Matreya Fetter, who played Tyler... Is that the girl? Yeah. Who played Tyler Thompson... Uh, plays a the alien in Season 2, Episode 15, Tall Tales. 
So she this was only a couple episodes apart for her. Huh. Uh, Jared. Maybe she was an alien in this episode, too. Ooh, oh, twist. Dun, dun, dun. There's a twist. Plot twist. <laughs> uh, Jared said that he and Jensen were freaked out by the doll room. They kept daring each other to poke one one particular eyeless doll in the eye socket uh, or to stand alone in the room. The pranks escalated. Oh, no, thanks. No. Uh, the pranks escalated when Jared put a few of the dolls in Jensen's trailer just to freak him out. Oh, God. I would just move one. Move one consistently, like, in small places. I could see them, though, be like, just poke it. Just do it. Just, po- just poke it in the eye. It's fine. Don't be a baby. Just do it. Yeah. Uh, this is the last episode where Sam wears his cast. I noticed that. Now, part of me was like, did I forget that in the other episodes, or was that just continuity? But that makes sense. Okay. Uh, he, he got it wet in this episode. I did. That's why it's the last time it's here. Mm-hmm. We don't need it anymore. No. Uh, this is the third episode where the brothers are mistaken for a couple. <laughs> I don't know if you noticed, but the deer head is back. I did see the deer head. It is can be seen in Sam and Dean's hotel room. It was it was prominent in this episode. <laughs> it was right there in your face. Uh, when Dean returns and finds Sam drunk, he calls him Sasquatch. Uh, Sasquatch is actually Jensen's nickname for Jared in real life. I'm so happy. I wonder was the, I wonder if that was written in there, if he threw it in there, and they were like, yeah, let's keep it. If it was like an ad lib. I hope it was ad lib, because yeah. that would make it so much better. I know. There was a goof. Uh, when Sam's head is hovering over the hotel room toilet, uh, his right hand cast is being worn on his left hand. And I did these notes before I watched the episode. And when I watched the episode, I was like, well, clearly it's because he's in the mirror. You know, like Jensen's, like, you're looking in the mirror at Sam, so maybe it's just backwards. But when they go to the shots of Sam actually in the bathroom, it is on the wrong hand. Unless they did the thing where they mirror the video, Mm. which I don't know why they would do that. But if it wasn't a mirror, then it is on the wrong hand. You know how they can flip the picture? Yep. That's funny. I also got some stuff from IMDb again. Yeah, look at you go. So many sources. All the sources. If anybody is a fan of... Vampire Diaries. The inside of the hotel looks like the inside of the Salvatore boarding house from Vampire Diaries. Uh, Anne Worching, who is played Susan Thompson, actually plays the Salvatore brothers' mom on that show. Huh. I've never seen an episode, so... I tried to watch one episode after I finished my catch-up on Supernatural, and... Because my friend Kristen is like, she, like, loves Vampire Diaries. But I tried to watch it. I don't know if because... I just couldn't get into it. Like, the one of the opening scenes, the one guy, the one vampire guy just kind of, like, flies down from a window. And I was like, you you got to be kidding me. Like, that's what's happening in this show. It's a little extra. And, like, he didn't fall. He would kind of, like... Floated? Just flo- Yeah, floated down. And I was like, I can't. I don't even think I got through the whole thing. I, I, no offense to anybody loves Vampire Diaries, I'm sure. I, I was told, once you get into it, then you'll really like it. Like, I don't... I don't know if I really have time for that. <laughs> Ain't nobody got time for that. Maybe one day when I'm really bored, I might give it a chance, but I, I'm just not feeling it right now. I, I'm not big on, on, like, the whole vampire thing like that. Like, I don't, I don't... I'm more of an Anne Rice vampire person than a Twilight vampire person. Yeah, and I felt like these were kind of, like, Twilighty. And I get nervous because, like, I got into Sabrina, and they just announced that Sabrina is going to be ending and canceled. So I'm like, what the? Why? Why? Why even try? I know. And I- Hannibal let me down. Oh, Hannibal let you down? Yeah, the ending of season three was not my favorite. Oh, really? I was just like, what? 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 No. Come- oh, come on. Man. Yeah. I was just going to get back into Sabrina, too. I was like, I'll give Sabrina another chance. Because I watched probably, like, I loved it. 
I think I watched like half of the first season. But then I was like, oh, well, it's not coming back much, so I'll probably watch it now. The exterior and some interior shots are of the Tolk House, which is one of the most famous heritage houses in Vancouver. Uh, but the pool is actually not part of that house. The pool was part of the Rio Vista House, which is a Spanish colonial mansion also in Vancouver. Huh. Yeah. So that's what I have for you on that. All right. Well, I focused on two things. <gasps> Dos. Uh, Dos thingos. Dos. I don't know. Dos equis. Dos equis. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so before I do this, my resources are it's a strange world.com. Oh, as it is. When you said that, I just thought it's a small world, so I said it's a strange world. Yeah. After all. With all those creepy dolls. Oh my god. You're welcome. Oh, then you hear like the weird, the mm. weird uh, like jewelry box music. <laughs> okay. Yep. Sorry. We're done here. <laughs> um, well, that's it. Good night. <laughs> and on that note, I'm gone. Uh, Dictionary.com, AncientSymbols.com, LuckyMojo.com, uh, good old YouTube. Lucky Mojo. Yep. Uh, Psychology Today, PsychRag.com, and Healthline. Oh my God, look at you! I'm all over the place. Well, I had to, I did two things, so I had to go different places. So double, double the sources. Double the sources, saying. double the fun. Oh, double my gum. Yeah! Twins. Twins. Oh, oh my God. Synchronicities. Uh, um, okay, so the first thing I want to talk about is the. Quinkanks? That what is that? So the Quinkanks is that thing that they kept seeing on the medallion on the planters. It was the X. Oh, the five point thing. Yes. So okay. it is an arrangement of five objects with four of the corners of a square or rectangle and the fifth being at the center. It is used in alchemy and it's all mainly because it's found in the atomic structures of metals and it is a geometric symbol of a sanctified universe and ordered world so a lot of places use it to as a culmination um which in ancient times could literally be found almost anywhere being that it symbolized an ordered world uh one of which includes the dome of churches um and in those cases it would be almost in the sign of a cross because it didn't always have to be in an x you could have turned it so it looked like a plus sign or almost cross-like because the only kicker with the quincanks is that it's basically four corners in any shape and uh with the fifth point being at the center it really isn't used too much in hoodoo like supernatural would make you think it is but there are some uses for it in hoodoo less about protection and more about actually uh like solidifying a spell so to touch on hoodoo for anyone that hasn't listened to any of the episodes because i kind of touched on hoodoo in a, a previous episode uh it is a form of natural magic it is of uh african traditional folk magic and it is of a culture known as root work or conjure brought by slaves to america um and in hoodoo the quinkanks is an artificial crossroads of sorts um, and it, like I said, it's used for sealing or fixing spells in place. Uh, mainly, this is used on the floors or drawn. So where it would place, you'd place things in four corners of a room, uh, sometimes dug out if you're doing it outside as deposits, as well as the center. Um, and what you put in those deposits depends on what spell you're doing. And in Hoodoo, this is where it's known as that five spot. And I guess I should have looked it up because now I'm curious if this has any tie to the, the term five spot when you talk about money, but I did not. Um, so there's actually one reference of this Quinkanks 
being used in hoodoo in a song by Frank Stokes um, in 1928 called Bedtime Blues. And in the song, he actually talks about jinxing a person uh, with the bed being the center of the point for the quinkinks. Um, And the lyric goes, don't want a jealous hearted woman making up my bed. She'll put something in your mattress, man, making you wish you was dead. She'll give you pains through your body, get you hurting all through your head. So that's pretty much what I found on the Quincanks. Uh, So the other thing I'm going to talk about is imaginary friends. Ooh! So an imaginary friend or an imaginary companion is collectively defined by researchers as an invisible but named individual whose presence exists over a period of time and include its own personality and history. Um, Now, reasons for children creating imaginary friends vary. They don't have a specific reason on why kids do it. Um, But the reasons could include a coping mechanism for stress, um, to help a child overcome weaknesses, to help a child explore ideals, um, to help a child problem solve and learn to um, uh, manage emotions. They could be a mentor in times of loneliness. They could just be a playmate for the child. Or they could be a narcissistic guardian. Oh. Um, and by narcissistic guardian, it's basically would allow the child to act out but not get in trouble because they'd have somebody to blame. Oh, okay. So imaginary friends generally are human, but sometimes they can be animals or fantastical creatures like a fairy or a dragon. <laughs> you keep, I just keep thinking of Bing Bong. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> I just keep thinking of him. So, imaginary friends actually gave way to a term called bimagination, which sounds almost Disney-like in its creation. Yeah. So, bimagination is the combination of belief and imagination, which means that, like, to us, your kid might just have an imaginary friend. But to the child, it could be a real friend, even though they acknowledge that it's not real. Um, For an example, like a kid getting really upset at the idea of an imaginary friend getting hurt. Okay. So knowing that that friend isn't real, but also getting emotional about the fact that they they could potentially get hurt. Um, So there are some kids who are susceptible to creating imaginary friends. um, And those would be the oldest children of a family only children, and kids who don't watch as much TV are more likely to create an imaginary friend. Oh, really? Um, and I don't know if it's because they're alone that they have to use imaginations. Where, like, if you're the only child, you don't have a sibling. As an oldest child, you might have had a, had a sibling for a while, so you created one. Right. Um, whereas middle children and youngest children have always had that friend, that companion person. Yeah. Um, and obviously not watching TV would cause you to work through creativity, which would create um, an imaginary friend. Um, some research studies have shown that about 65% of kids up to age 7 have or have had an imaginary friend. And there are... Really? Yes. So 65... And then the craziest part is I tried, as I was reading my research, I was trying to figure out, like, did I have an imaginary friend growing up? And I honestly can't remember, and I meant to ask my mom. So the next episode, I'll come back with whether or not I had an imaginary friend. Because I am an older sibling. Yeah, I'm, I'm the youngest. So I did not. I know for a fact I did not. I know that I played a lot of like imaginary games, but I don't know if I had an imaginary friend. I think at one point I tried to create an imaginary friend, but I don't remember if I li- actually believed in them. Um, <laughs> you, don't, you don't know if it's stuck or not? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I was just like, oh, I should. Like, I, I should. want one. <laughs> I've seen other kids have this, so like maybe I should try it out. And then you're like, eh, it's not for me. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, Samantha. <laughs> Samantha? 
So some Samantha. Reason, <laughs> there are some benefits to having an imaginary friend, um, which include superior social cognition, boosted creativity, increased emotional understanding, better coping strategies, and more social ability. Um, girls are more likely to have imaginary friends than boys, and girls are more likely to have imaginary friends that are either an animal or a good friend, whereas boys have a tendency to create an imaginary friend that might be in the form of a superhero or something competitive. Um, and girls are more likely to create an imaginary friend who help them grow. They kind of nurture them. They have tea parties. They cook them dinner, that kind of stuff. Okay. Um, recent studies have shown that 7.5% of adults – studied in their experience having an imaginary friend into adulthood. Um, but this is actually a small sample size, so we're not really sure how likely it is that adults have these imaginary friends. Um, and that was actually published on PubMed Central. And they say that a lot of the best writers and authors technically have imaginary friends in the form of their characters because they create these characters and they see how these characters live and they kind of communicate them and to them they're almost real okay that okay that makes sense and then the last thing i have because i thought it would be fun would to tell some stories what kind of stories about how kids describe some imaginary friend and a lot of these are reddits but, um, so these are some, because I found some creepy ones, because it's not fun if you have no creepy imaginary friend stories. Oh, yeah, you can't have all happy-go-lucky imaginary friend stories. Um, so... I don't come here for that, Liz, okay? <laughs> Alright, well, you're gonna like this. Um, <laughs> okay! Here are the stories, generally told from the par the perspective of the parent. Um, so here's Sally the Murderer. Oh! My daughter... You've piqued my interest already. <laughs> this is the first story, so this is great. Um... So, my daughter had an imaginary friend named Sally. She told me once about how Sally was in jail for chopping her mother's head off. Oh, okay. She's still currently in uh, jail? Doesn't say. I guess we need to <laughs> revisit that. Um, <laughs> this is about the captain. Uh, a parent of one of my students told us in a meeting that she was concerned because her, seven, her son, who's seven years old, talked about an invisible ghost friend who talked to him and would play with him in his room. He said he was the ghost called the captain and was an old white guy with a beard the kid would tell his mom that the captain told him when he grows up his job will be to kill people and the captain would tell him who needed to be killed the what? kid would cry and say he doesn't want to kill when he grows up but the captain tells him he doesn't have a choice and he'll get used to killing after a while <laughs> that is creepy yeah. here's another one uh when my boy was four his Im his imaginary old friend would sit on the corner of his room and when you would switch the light off his eyes would glow red. <gasps> no, they saw that? Mm-hmm. Like the mom, like the parents saw that. <laughs> here's, a, here's a good one. Uh, that looks like... I feel like you have a demon in your house, not an imaginary well, friend. So funny, Just I was saying. looking this up and a lot of the things were like, how to tell if your kid is possessed by a demon or if it's an imaginary friend. <laughs> and, like, and one of the sites was a very religious site and I was like... Mm. <laughs> Is there a checklist that you have to go down? I don't know. <laughs> if your kid is either possessed or has an imaginary friend. Well, I think it also comes down to, like, what your kid sees to base imaginary friends off of. You know? So here's one. Yeah. Uh, that looks like Kelly. When my daughter was three, she had an imaginary friend named Kelly who lived in her closet. Kelly sat in a little rocking chair while she slept, played with her, etc. Typical imaginary friend stuff. Anyway, fast forward two years later. 
Uh, my wife and I are watching the new Amityville, and our daughter walks out right when the dead girl goes all black-eyed from being, you know, disturbed. Far from being scared, she says, oh, that's what Kelly looks like. <gasps> we ask Kelly who. She goes, you know, the dead girl that lived in my closet. <gasps> she actually said the dead girl? Yeah. Oh my god. Here you go. I have a younger brother who had an imaginary friend when he was younger. He was also an avid sleepwalker. When he was three or four, he started talking to someone he called Freya. He described Freya as a dark-skinned man with little clothes who loved to hunt in the wilderness. Then one day he told me that Freya used to live nearby the house a long time ago, and then some white people came and burned him alive and killed his village. What? So this goes into, like, the is it imaginary friend or is it a ghost? <laughs> When you started talking about this, I was going to ask, like, are these are these spirits or are they actually imaginary friends? But that was disturbing. <laughs> well, it also goes down to, like, because kids are, like, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, because kids can sense these things. Yeah. Um, up until a certain age, like, are kids actually, like, imaginary friends or, like, are they actually ghosts that kids can see and interact with that we just can't tell? Um, here's one. When my sister was about six or seven, she had an imaginary friend named Emily. She told us Emily lived in her closet, wore an old black dress, and had long hair. Uh, and she was about the same age as my sister. My sister played with Emily constantly. My parents started noticing my sister acting weird, just sitting in the middle of a room whispering to Emily and acting a lot more distance towards the parents. I remember a very specific day, my brother was walking by a room. My sister was sitting in the middle of the room, but she turned at him and hissed. Hiss? Hissed. He told me it didn't even look like my sister. My parents ran up to her room, and I could hear my sister just screaming, get out. I've asked her about it today. She's 24 now. She told me that Emily used to do tell her to do horrible things to herself. She actually used to wake up on the roof and not remember how she got there. On the roof? This all happened at my old house. When we moved into a different house, Emily was gone. Did, did no one know that this girl was on the roof? Guess not. Okay. Ooh, this one's creepy. <laughs> I picture my roof is not easily accessible, so I don't know. Mine was, like, like, you're on the roof? Yeah, like, I could open my window of my bedroom and walk out onto my roof when I was growing up. Yeah? Um, so this is about Icy. <laughs> and this will be the last one. No, give me more! <laughs> if you want more, you can look up itsastrangeworld.com slash creepythingskidssayimaginaryfriends. <laughs> well, I will dive down that rabbit hole later um, today. So, in high school, one of my best friends had a little sister who was about five or six years old. One day, we stopped by his place. While waiting for him to come downstairs, his sister came up to me and said, Icy told me to ask you if you know when you're going to die. I laughed nervously. Morbid question, right? But I knew all about Icy, her imaginary friend. I even helped her draw a picture of him once. So I played along and said, no, of course not. No one knows that. Hopefully, I'm very old. She girls... The girl shook her head sadly and said, no, Icy wants me to tell you it'll be tonight. And with that, she just walked away. What? <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> nope. Um, to be honest, though, uh, I had a little kid just straight up walk up to me once and be like, do you know when you're going to die? And I was like, no. And they were like, it's going to be soon. And I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> It was creepy, and it was like a friend's kid. I was just like, what? Never coming back here again. Oh, I was like, do I need to never leave? Like, Oh my god, it wasn't Aubrey, was it? I No, it wasn't Aubrey. It might have been Aubrey. <gasps> I can't no. remember. I don't know how many friends I have that have like younger kids that don't really say anything, and when they talk to me, it's just like, you're going to die. And I'm like, what? <laughs> 
in the most matter-of-fact way, too. Um, hey, guess what? I don't know you, but, um, I think you're gonna die soon. Okay, bye! (laughs) What? (laughs) You can't just walk up and say that and go somewhere else? Like, what? I'm laughing because I'm uncomfortable. Not because it's funny. (laughs) (laughs) That's how I feel! (laughs) Oh, that's so messed up. (laughs) Who does that? I don't know, somebody's kid. It might have been yours. (laughs) (laughs) Don't put that on mine. She wouldn't say that. Oh, man. It's too funny. So that's all I got for you. Hey, I almost finished my slap. Next episode is Night Shifter? Yeah. I don't, um, I don't know what happens in that one. Um. Honestly. I watched the beginning of it, and, uh, it's another lovely case of mistaken identity. Your boy, Dean. Oh, why all the time with him? Uh, apparently it's shown holding up a bank. Uh, is that where everybody goes in the the vault uh-huh okay i know you're, i i know now i told you i'm bad with names <laughs> except all the show names those ones stick in my head because they're hilarious heck yeah this one might be magret i don't know good old magret pen i'd write it down but we're not that professional come on now me google keep it that's what i did last week mary poppins impala <laughs> magret magret saved <laughs> People would be like, what in the hell is a magret? <laughs> They'll be like, uh, is that, are you sure that's supernatural we're talking about? <laughs> <laughs> Don't judge me in my show titles. The one of them is called, Where Hasn't Zach Baggins Been? <laughs> <laughs> And it's gotten a lot of downloads, and I think people think because it's about, like, Zach Baggins and Ghost I Adventures. I mean, we do mention him a little bit. <laughs> like, briefly. Just, just a little bit, every I mean, episode. My mom was telling me about episodes, she was like, yeah, I was just listening to your one episode, and I was like, ooh, which episode? And she goes, oh, this one, and she's like, it has, like, the octopus arms, and I was like, oh my! <laughs> so on that note, thanks for listening, guys! Thank you, and uh, next time we'll be talking about Night Shift, so hopefully you'll join us, and as always, thanks for listening. Uh, like us, share us, download us, tweet at us. Don't forget to go to our website, where there's a link in our bio, Leave us a voicemail, because we really want to add you guys into our episode. I think it'll be a lot of fun. And we like fun. We love fun. So let's be fun. Okay. Okay, thanks. Bye. (laughs) You've been listening to Balls, a supernatural podcast with Lizzie and Missy. If you want more, follow on Twitter and Instagram at SBNBallsPod or email SBNBallsPod at gmail.com. Be sure to subscribe and follow Balls on your favorite streaming service.